Welcome to the Fruitful Vine. So glad that you have joined us today. I hope you're having a wonderful day. We pray that this episode today will be a blessing to you. My name is Joel Urshan, and I'm here with Tyler Kovach, our student pastor here at the Tree of Life Church. Today, we've got some really exciting things to talk about. It's good to see you today, Tyler. It's good to be here, Pastor Urshan. We are excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, last episode, we got into the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how that's kind of the, the focal point, the focus. It's, it's the gospel. It's the good news of Christianity. And, um, and so today we're going to look at how, making, how, how do we make his life, his death, burial, and resurrection, how do we apply that uh, to our life? And uh, before we get into that, rumor has it that uh, you've not always been a uh, 43-year-old pastor, <laughs> uh, that you've not always been saved and sanctified, that there was a time that you were a young, wee little lad, and uh, there was a time where you were filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. If you have received the Holy Ghost, you surely remember the first time uh, that you that you were filled and spoken that heavenly language. Would you mind just kind of sharing your testimony uh, today about that that very first time? Oh yeah, man! I tell you, uh, I was six years old when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and my mother, um, my mother, really. Uh, spoke the word of faith over me uh, as I was uh, preparing us, you know, a Sunday afternoon, just uh, had come out of service on Sunday morning and we were going to have service that night. We were in the middle of a crusade hmm. and um, it was at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, Indiana. My cousin, Pastor James Larson was the pastor at that time. And the evangelist was Richard Hurd and he was preaching about end time prophecy and that particular night, he was going to be talking about what's going to happen to the kids after the rapture. And man, I'll never forget, my mother said, Joel, uh, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. And, uh, and it, I, I, I just, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to have to get the Holy Ghost. I got to get the Holy Ghost. But her saying that, I, I, it really caught my attention. And I said, you think I'll get the Holy Ghost tonight? She said, I do. I believe you're going to get the Holy Ghost. I know God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He's going to be preaching about children and the rapture. But tonight, tonight's the night. Yeah. Man, I mean, just like she said, I went and received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And I uh, still don't know what he said was going to happen to the kids after the rapture. <laughs> but I, I knew it wasn't going to happen to me. Yeah, that's it right. wasn't going to happen to me. Yeah. And so I did receive the Holy Ghost at six. But you know, it's interesting because when I was four, I had an experience with God. It was at, in an altar call setting. Uh, I went over to an area of the altar in the church where my dad pastored in Memphis, Tennessee. And I was by myself. And I just started praying, and I had an experience with God that in hindsight, I didn't know what it was when I was four, but, and nobody was with me. I was just over on the far end of the altar and praying, and uh, I was little, and so it, it didn't draw a lot of attention. But I remember having an experience with God, and, uh, and, it, and it felt like that drunken feeling yeah. that, that can come on you when you are drunk in the Holy Ghost and you're caught away in the Spirit. And I've always wondered, in hindsight, I've always wondered if maybe I spoke in tongues then. 
and wow. and didn't realize that I spoke in tongues because I was so young and there were there was nobody there to witness it. But uh, regardless, I know that I know. Yeah. I received the Holy Ghost at six and I spoke in tongues, and uh, and it's just an amazing thing. And that you know we're talking today about the Holy Ghost and we're talking about uh, Acts two thirty eight, something that's very special to the apostolic Pentecostal uh, understanding of the scriptures, the truth of the scriptures. And it should be special to, to anybody who, who believes yeah. in Jesus Christ because this is the first time, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 is the first time that the apostles declared uh, what a person must do, what a person shall do to be saved. Uh, we know that we are saved by grace through faith. That grace is, is the thing that God did. Right. And that faith is the thing that we do in obedience to the word of God. And it's, it's a belief, yes, but it's a belief with works. Faith without works is dead. So there is a, there's a work, not of the flesh, and it's not a ceremony per se. It's, it's an act of obedience to the word of God. And, and that not of ourselves, even that faith, right. is the gift of God, lest uh, any man should boast, right. Paul said. And so Acts 2.38 is the first time that the response is given to the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, if there was nothing for the person to do, Peter would have said, you don't got to do anything. Uh, but that's not what he said. Right. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is a landmark scripture yeah. in the Word of God because it is the first time there's an answer given to the pertinent question, what shall we do? And so... We, we have to take special notice of it, and it corresponds with what we talked about in last week's discussion, yeah. the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's what saves us. But the way that it saves us is when we identify with his death, burial, and resurrection through repentance, baptism in his name, and receiving of his spirit. And so that's, it's very uh, critically important. First of all, let's talk about repentance. Because repentance is, is us identifying with his death. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross is what our flesh, and, and I speak flesh spiritually, right. our carnal nature, it's what our carnal nature is to experience in the process of repentance. It is when this old man dies. It's when we turn from sin. We walk away from sin. That is vitally important. Uh, too many believe a false teaching about the grace of God. Um, I heard someone say one time, the scripture, they quoted the scripture that says, where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. And they changed a word. They said, instead of where sin did abound, they said where sin does abound. And, and that's not what the Scripture says. Right. 
It doesn't, it doesn't say that sin and grace are cohabitable and that they are able to, to be in company with each other. No, sin is something we depart from. Right. We walk away from it. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not going to say that you won't fall. Uh, but, but it is something you have to be walking away from. You right. have to turn your back on sin. And our problem in society is a sin problem. And, and really, as, as crazy as our world has become, we, the whole, uh, the whole uh, nation right now, I'll talk about America, is yeah. looking at the United States of America saying, where did all of this insanity come from? Where did all of this confusion come from? Well, it came from sin. People didn't believe sin was a problem. And it's, so they just would engage in it as if there are no consequences. Well, no, there are consequences to it. And it causes confusion, and it causes the deception that we're witnessing in our world right now. Literally, people do not understand common sense anymore because of sin and the confusion that comes with sin. Yeah. Sin has to be turned away from. You cannot, ex- you cannot engage in sin and expect anything but death and confusion and, and uh, all of the wages. The Bible calls it the wages of sin. So we love to quote 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Yeah. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Well, that's a process that occurs. Mm-hmm. And, and many people can't turn or won't turn from their wicked ways because they don't engage in the first part of that process. Yeah. Humble yourself. And if you will humble yourself, you will begin praying. And if you begin praying, you will begin seeking his face. And if you begin seeking his face, now you're going to have an ability and a power to turn from your wicked ways or repent. And that's, that's what repentance is. It's turning from your wicked ways. That was the first words out of Peter's mouth when asked the question on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, and we'll go through Acts chapter 2 in another episode. But he preached Christ so thoroughly, and those in attendance on the day of Pentecost were witnessing people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were asking questions about what did it mean Peter preached Christ so thoroughly and so persuasively that Jesus was in fact the Messiah that it pricked the hearts of those hearing him. And to that they said, what shall we do? That's when Peter said, repent. And you have not fully repented until you've also been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because that's when our sins are washed away for the remission of sins. This is, this is so that sins can be washed away, and this is how it happens. You and I, and we've talked about this in, in, in I think, the previous episode, you and I cannot go to heaven of our own accord. Yeah. We're locked out because of our sin. No sin can enter that city. The only person who lived the life capable of entering that holy, pure, and precious city is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The only way you and I can enter that city is to be in him. 
Well, baptism in Jesus' name is the act of faith. Right. Yes, it requires belief. Yes, it requires faith. And yes, that, that is the necessity to believe and have faith in God. But that faith is demonstrated. Faith is always demonstrated. And it's demonstrated through obedience. This is why, it, this is why Abraham believed in God. And, and the Bible says he believed in God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Well, how do we know Abraham believed in God? Yeah. Because he was obedient. Yeah. And so this, the obedience of Abraham is always tied to his belief and his belief is always tied to his obedience. One cannot say they believe in God and not be obedient to him. Mm-hmm. The obedience is the evidence of the belief. And so, so when, when we believe, we will obey. Yeah. And, and the obedience is, is in action when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and that means the washing away of sins, the, yeah. the blotting out of those sins. And that's a beautiful thing. What happens when you're baptized in Jesus' name, you are, you are in Christ. You are baptized into Jesus Christ. You're baptized into his life. You're baptized into his death. You're baptized into his body. And, and that, all of that is in, encompassed in his name. And so when a person is baptized in Jesus' name, their sins are washed away because they have taken on a new name. And the new name they've taken on, there are no sins. Yep. There are no transgressions or iniquities in that name. So this is how the most wretched of sinful persons can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and their sins are gone when they do it by faith in the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ, their sins are gone because they've entered into a new name. The old man dies, and a new man is now allowed to live. And that new man, that new life, we talk about new life, it's that life, the life of Jesus Christ, the life of obedience, the life of purity. And this is where the promise comes into effect. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know what Paul calls baptism? He calls baptism the circumcision of the heart. Yeah. So circumcision in, uh, of natural circumcision in the Old Testament was, was one thing. That was the sign of that covenant. The sign of the new covenant is not the circumcision of a natural sort, but it's a spiritual circumcision, and it is the circumcision of the heart. This is when that old man is cut off and a new man is, is allowed to live. This is when Peter said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this is what Paul said about the Holy Ghost. He said, if the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, the same shall quicken your mortal body. Mm-hmm. So that resurrection. This is where you identify with his resurrection. There is a quickening power that comes upon a person when they are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The first thing it quickens is your tongue. It it, it gets a hold of that most unruly member that James said, if the tongue is tamed, which no man can tame the tongue, but if that tongue comes under the influence 
of God. The whole body can come under the influence of God. So the first thing that happens when a person, this is in the book of Acts, when they received the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And it is that quickening power that fills us, and that is the resurrection power. It's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And when that Spirit lives in us and dwells in us, that quickening power will be in effect in our mortal body. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a mortal body that we have. And our body will wage war against the Spirit. The Bible says the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. The Spirit lusteth against the flesh. And that's, that's the Bible's way of saying the flesh and the Spirit are going to be at odds with each other. This is why you can have the Holy Ghost and still struggle with temptation. Yeah. You have to stir up the gift that is in you. Allow the Holy Ghost to do what the Holy Ghost does. Let the Holy Ghost quicken that mortal body. Now, the greatest quickening of the Holy Ghost is going to take place at the resurrection. Remember, Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. But he is the first fruits of the great harvest that is coming. And that's the resurrection we want to be a part of. We want to be in Christ, and we want Christ to be in us. Us in Christ, that's baptism into his name by faith in his redemptive work. Christ in us, that is is his spirit filling us, and Paul called Christ in us the hope of glory. So this is is the, the beautiful way This is the only way. This is the plan. We'd call it the plan of salvation. This is when asked, what shall we do? This is what the apostles would say to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is applying the death, the burial, and the resurrection to your life. And it's, it's, it's not just a story in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not just a thing of history, but it can be the very real, abundant life that Jesus promised and that Jesus gives to us by virtue of what he did on Calvary's cross and that borrowed tomb and coming out of that borrowed tomb. We get to experience the power of his death, his burial, his resurrection. And what is that power? the abundant life, the eternal life. Yeah. And it happens, it's found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, that sequence. And it's not, it's not works of righteousness. Right. It's not the works of a human being. This is faith in the work of Jesus Christ and our obedience to how the Scripture teaches us to apply his work to our lives. Yeah. I've heard you say before, um, to find out if your flesh is truly uh, alive or dead, that when you are crucified, does your flesh react? Yeah. And even after you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, like you talked about, there could still be moments of struggle. That's why Paul said he dies daily, yeah. that killing the flesh, bringing it under, sub, under submission, under subjection. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there will still be trials and temptations. Sure. But when you have that newness of life, so much easier to overcome them that's right. and stir up that gift that's, that's within right. you. 
Absolutely. Come on, we're going to shake out of this old man and and live and walk in that newness of life. That's right. You know, that's what the epistles are for. Right. The, The epistles teach us what we need to know about how to live this right. life. And so this is what, what, what Paul is teaching us when he's telling us to put on love, to put on mercy and compassion, and to put off wrath and malice and anger. He's teaching us how to live yeah. in the abundant life of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, and so this is, what the, this is what the epistles are teaching us and talking about being crucified with Christ. Yes, that is exactly right. And and people will come and nail you to the cross you took up to follow him. Uh, and and when you die daily, don't worry. You're going to rise again yeah. with new joy, with new hope, with new life. It is a, it's a glorious truth and it and it continues throughout your life for the Lord. Rejoice not against me. Oh, mine enemy, when I fall, I shall arise. That's an Old Testament reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And mm. it can be true of the life you live, regardless of what you face, you will rise. Yeah. You will rise. Yeah. If you have any uh, questions about today's session at all, uh, feel free to reach out to us, uh, and, and we would love to get back with you. If you have questions about that, you kind of just alluded to the epistles being how to live. The act of salvation you'll only find in the book of Acts. And uh, the, the plan, the acts of how to live that new life are in the epistles. Right. And so when we want to look for the act of salvation, what do we do? Yes. It's only found in the book of Acts. That's right. Nowhere else. If you if you have any questions about this Acts 238 message, or if you have a friend you would like to uh, share this uh, episode with, we encourage you to do so. We encourage you to reach out to us. We love you. We thank you for tuning in today. Be blessed in Jesus' name.